0: to the first in a series of podcasts hosted by the Herald and Glasgow Times as part of our Think Dementia series which aims to shine a light on a condition that affects around 90,000 Scots. Today we're looking at the costs of caring for people who are in the advanced stages of the
1: disease. I'm Joanna Boddy, I I was the carer for my mum who had dementia, mum died two years ago. I'm a member of the National Dementia Carers Action Network and campaign to improve services for people with dementia.
2: Hello there, my name is Henry Simmons and I'm the Chief Executive of Alzheimer's Scotland.
3: And I'm Dr Margaret Brown and I'm the Deputy Director of the Alzheimer's Scotland Centre for Policy and Practice at the University of the West of Scotland. And I'm a nurse, an educator and a researcher in dementia care.
0: Joanna, I wonder if you can tell me a bit about your own experiences of caring for somebody in the advanced stages.
1: Yeah. I am. My mum was cared for at home. For quite, we supported mum at, at home for a long time, um, but her condition deteriorated. She became very, very distressed and had to be admitted to NHS care. Um, and she had a very prolonged period in NHS care. But as her dementia advanced, she became more settled, which is something that kind of happens, and she was less less of a difficulty. I hesitate to say a kind of management problem but she became more kind of amenable Mm -hmm. and it was felt then she didn't any longer need NHS care and she could move into a care home which we were very pleased about in many senses because that was a very homely setting and that was something which would be a better um, quality of care and more appropriate for her Um, but it seemed very strange at the point her dementia was seen as advanced Mm -hmm. and it was very clearly advanced because she needed help in all areas of her life Um, she was moving to a care home from NHS care. Um, I had worked in the social care sector um, and was aware of the issues around funding and finance um, but even I was shocked when it came to looking for care homes mm-hmm. um, and looking at the cost of care homes and what that, that might mean. We were very fortunate, um, mum was able to fund her care, she wasn't a rich person, she was widowed at 49, she worked in the NHS but she because she owned her own home she was able to fund her care and that meant we were able to choose. And we were able to choose a home which provided very good quality care. She lived there for just over two years um, and she died there very peacefully and very Mm -hmm. well cared for. So we were very happy with that. But I was very aware from other NDCAM members and also from my own kind of working experience about the inequalities of care and the access to care for people. Mm -hmm. But the shock is when people often discover in a real time of crisis how much care costs.
0: And can I just ask, what... Type of uh,
1: how much were you paying for care? Um, it was approximately. and This was um, would be four years ago when mum went into care. It was about eight hundred pounds a week um, mm-hmm. at that particular point. Um, it went up every year. Mm-hmm. There's some funding from free nursing sure. care through the government, um, but that amount didn't particularly change over the period that mum mm-hmm. was in care in the kind of two plus years that mum was in. So care. what area are
0: you? Were you living in? Of Scotland,
1: I was living in Renfrewshire.
0: Right, okay, because I've heard examples in rural areas where people are paying fifteen hundred pounds a week. Uh And I have a friend
1: who lives in Edinburgh, and it's significantly Mm -hmm. more expensive there. Very often, Mm -hmm. Um, so it it, it's very it's very variable. I think Um, uh, we were fortunate to find somewhere that had been designed for people with dementia. It was very, very well kind of supported and staffed and, and a really good quality of care. But it is a home that the local authority didn't fund placements in.
0: Sure, sure. Henry, the Scottish Government has uh, said it's planning to reform social care support, including care home fees. Um, how typical is Joanna's story and what would, would you be looking for as a charity?
2: So I think, first of all, it's great news that we're going through a full review and uh, looking to reform the whole system mm-hmm. uh, I think that the size and scale of the number of people living with dementia the, it merits a significant depth of priority within this whole approach and mm-hmm. our view is that sure. if you get it right for people living with dementia you, you'll get things right for most other people too it's mm-hmm. probably one of the most complex uh, conditions that people live with in faced with. and that issue about paying for K well our view of that is very much that there is an inequality within that when people reach that advanced stage of dementia because there needs very much transfer from being what could be described as social care needs to health care needs. And within the system at present, there isn't any proper definition. And subsequently, there's no proper procedures or policies to reevaluate and sure. reassess individuals. And I think all of that would be a, a great outcome if we started to see some significant progress with
0: that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And how does dementia differ from other? Terminal illness, Henry. In terms of care and the care that's provided.
2: Yeah, so I think the best way I could describe that to you is, I mean, if you imagine, like you know, anyone that's living with a terminal illness is going through, a, you know, the most traumatic you know, experience that, that that you can imagine. But if you're going through that and you don't have the ability to consent, if you've lost it, really, the ability to participate in decision making and choice, and the, and if you really are starting to see your, you know, your needs are changing, you know, significantly, and you're still having to pay for that. You know, so you've not had the capacity to consent to pay for that. Sure. You've not had the, you know, you you don't have any choice over that. You know, and, and and effectively you're needing all of this, what we would describe very much like nursing care, but you're still being asked to pay for it. We think that's not fair. Other mm-hmm. conditions, people don't have to pay for it in the main. So you know, people who are living with sort of like you know, terminal cancer for example, and other other sort of terminal terminal illnesses, don't find themselves having to pay. Anything like what people like sure. with advanced dementia do, yeah.
1: and it's the length of time. My mum was sure. in the advanced stage for about two and a half years, mm-hmm. and that's not unusual. Yeah, I think. So and I think it's the understanding that of what can also last is. a bit longer. Yeah. Is that correct? Advanced. Yeah. Well, I
2: think it's very individualised, and the sure. problem is is this, this lack of reassessment. So when you're assessed for social care and you're getting a care home, there's not necessarily reassessment mm-hmm. issues in terms of your care needs. But there's never a redefinition that you've reached that advanced yes. stage. So you're, you you remain in that for quite some time. And I, I think Joanna's right. It's like, you know, that can be for some people two, three, four years, you know. So it's, a, it's an awful long time that people can sure. be receiving that depth of care. And they've got to have the highest possible quality of care sure. throughout that process.
0: Sure. Yeah. If I can just turn to you, Margaret, um, what's the kind of ideal setting for care? Well, oh, I'd
3: love to have an answer mm-hmm. for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the ideal setting is it's very variable, I don't think the setting matters so much as the care provided sure. I think for some people, remaining at home where there's someone there uh, other people can't do that because that's the thing with dementia at this stage These, the, the people who are experiencing this cannot care at all if you have a physical illness, you have the ability to understand if someone says you have to do something, like drink, take medication someone with dementia can't do that Sure. So we have a whole group of people who are completely disenfranchised from everything that goes on mm-hmm. in their life, mm-hmm. um, and why would we expect them to pay for that?
0: Sure. What would you like to see come out of this reform that the, the government's carrying out from a care perspective? Um, I would like to see lots of things,
3: but i particularly mm-hmm. like to see the integration of health and social care mm-hmm. really work, so that there isn't these arguments about what is healthcare, care, what is social care. Uh, someone in that condition has tremendous health needs but that's not to say they don't have social needs but it's getting that balance sure. right for each person um, as their condition progresses and changes this is as you've said mm-hmm. Joanna But two three years mm-hmm. your mum was in this condition but she wasn't in the same condition for no, that no. time changed every day and that's changed, changed constantly sure. so review every six months as we talk about it people should be reviewed every six months because <laughs> something will have changed and their needs will be and require an adjustment Sure. so that's the most important thing for me is that really joining that up mm-hmm. and providing that right kind of support mm-hmm. for
0: people. and what advice would you give to families who are just dealing with a new diagnosis well, Margaret obviously <laughs> well, that's a good
3: one um, I was a community mental health nurse for many years so that was really my job um, I think to speak to people uh, make sure you speak to your GP and ask for all the help you can get from the GP insist on help Alzheimer Scotland is always there. They have a twenty-four hour helpline. There's always people to speak to there. Sure. Don't don't try and do this on your own. Sure. It's too long a journey. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Joanna, if I can just turn to you uh-huh. um, in terms of the government review, as I you represent carers now, as I understand, what would you
1: be looking for? I think we're looking for a fair system, something which is fair, because it feels at the moment that it's not fair. It, it seems to be a diagnosis of dementia. Um, you're at a disadvantage Um, so I think we're looking for something that is fair and that is joined up and and together so very much about the integration because people don't really care who's doing an assessment, who's talking to them as long as it's done Um, and so it's about consistency and and sharing of that kind of information and about not having lots of different people to speak to and having a clear pathway through to finding the support because if you're in a state of crisis and distress with a very distressed relative beside you and you're struggling with a telephone system that has all sorts of press one, press two, press three, it's it's enormously difficult to deal with. So having somebody that you know you can go to that will then kind of pick up for you and and actually which is the kind of model that Alzheimer's Scotland really is is kind of advocating, but I think really provides support for families. Because families will tell you all the time that they feel totally at sea. I, I in theory, understood the system because I'd worked in the Mm, system, and I struggled to find my way around it, I think if you're not familiar with that, it's enormously difficult
0: Sure, and what about people that don't have relatives to negotiate for them? It's an
1: enormously difficult kind of situation, because I think people are then just, are are potentially kind of left, or they're very vulnerable to kind of some form of exploitation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's a really concerning situation.
0: I mean, how do you see the future of dementia care Henry? Obviously there's other countries that are doing things very well, where they've set up Dementia villages and that sort of thing?
2: What's. So I think that, I mean, what what you have to understand is that this is not a quick process, you know, and I think that when people, and our hope is people get as early a diagnosis as possible, when people get a good quality early diagnosis, a timely diagnosis, you know, with support, that individual and their family can live really well with dementia for a good number of years you have to make sure behind that that our communities ready for that and people are engaging and being inclusive that's happening in Scotland you can't have a one size fits all you know what a rural environment will require will be entirely different from what another city mm-hmm. requires they'll also be starting from different positions sure. so some areas may have really well developed sort of you know community mental health services that can adapt and cope with change mm-hmm. others may may have to really begin right at the start so I mean, my view is that what you have to do is you have to work with each area, you have to understand the strengths and the opportunities. We know the data, we understand the needs and build, you know, behind that. And if you if you took the idea of a post-diagnostic model of a link worker for every person, well, so we know how many people are developing yeah. dementia roughly, you know, maybe say 17,000 to, to 20,000 people per year, not everyone will come forward for a diagnosis, but you can easily work out from there how many link workers True. you're going to need. And you can easily translate that into every locality and we know just now that we're probably somewhere there is at least fifty percent short within that. Now, from our perspective, each local health and social care partnership who are trying to work on that, you know, can look at that data, look at that analysis and see have we got the right level there? And if True. not, start to build that up because that's the most important time.
0: And in terms of when someone with dementia is admitted to hospital what are the kind of issues that you see or the problems that arise when someone's yeah. admitted
3: I think we have I think we've moved exponentially in terms of care if people understand how to care then you will not have True. some of the, sec- the consequences of poor care and up till probably seven or eight years ago even staff who were learning about health care didn't learn about dementia we know if people end up in hospital they are much more likely to end up in a residential care setting. Mm-hmm. Hospital is not the place to be if you have. No, it's very disabling. It's extremely disabling. What mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. it's still and I think busy. the pressure
1: on hospitals particularly acute hospitals means sure. that that, you know, that adds mm-hmm. to that kind of pressure mm-hmm. and difficulty for Absolutely. people and mm-hmm. somebody with dementia I think is enormously vulnerable in that situation and I think sometimes decisions then have to be made very quickly sure. and actually these are enormous decisions you need to make for people and you want to be able to have that in a considered way and that's not really not always possible for, for mm-hmm. families and that adds to the pressure I think and I think
3: in advanced dementia particularly because if you're in hospital and you have advanced dementia, your ability to consent to what's going to happen, the, the, the likelihood that you'll develop other things while you're there. Sure. And you just have no voice at that point. Sure. And your family are very dependent on the healthcare staff, the social care staff, to guide them in what to do next. But there's still a kind of dearth of understanding of how we can do this mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. We've lots to
1: do.
0: Joanna, what advice would you give to um, having gone through it yourself, a family that are facing with a new? I think it is very much about
1: looking for support and not trying to think that you do it on your own. Um, It's it's very important to think of your own well-being and welfare because if the carer becomes unwell, then the situation absolutely collapses. So I think it's very much about kind of looking at what's possible. But it's very much you're the person that kind of knows person with dementia you know what they like and they're all very individual and dementia affects everybody differently so it's not a one size fits all and um, so I think one of the things very much for carers is about the carers voice being heard in that and listened to it, and really being seen as an equal partner in care sure I think that that's just I think for lots of families the thing that's most important
0: well thanks to Henry Margaret and Joanne for sharing their advice and experiences today. For more advice, go to our Dementia Hub at heraldscotland.com and Glasgow Times. Thanks very much.